No sympathy for the devil. Keep that in mind. Buy the ticket, take the ride. And if it occasionally gets a little heavier than what you had in mind, well, maybe chalk that up to force consciousness expansion. Tune in, freak out, get beaten. Hunter S. Thompson, what a writer, what a quote. Today, we're going to be discussing how to go about taking a solo trip abroad, day game trip abroad, why it's important, why you should be doing it, um, why I actually prefer going away with other people, but why I like mingling in some time to kind of reflect, to sit back, to relax, and to do things uh, at my own pace as well. And I guess the experiences that I've learned from, from doing this over the last few years. As we go, I'm going to keep this one relatively short. So as, as we go, as usual, guys, good morning to you on a Sunday. I've switched my location. I've switched my cup for fishy, 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 but it's still black coffee. If you've got questions, line them up on the side. I will come to them if they're relevant to traveling, particularly because today's topic is going to be on traveling and solo traveling. I remember the, the one of the, the bigger biggest regrets I have with learning day game and dating was I thought it was cheating. So I obviously grew up in London, um, started learning this stuff in London. I actually was under the impression it was kind of cheating if you weren't. I was a bit, a bit of a weird day game curious. So so I, got, if you, if you, I was prowling up and down Oxford Street 24-7. Um, and I was of the mindset, if you haven't met her on you know, doing day game uh, in London, oh, it's cheating, bro. It was a bit weird looking back. You know, It was just a bit... Bit strange, bit of an old mindset to have, but you get so into day game, you're like, no, it has to. You have to meet the girl via day game, right? If you met her on Tinder, if you met her at a club, drunk, oh, it doesn't count, bro. Like it's just weird. It's weird behavior. Now I'm very much of the mindset that whatever your hustle, it doesn't matter. I respect a man who's who's dating hot girls. It doesn't matter how he's got her. I couldn't give a fuck. Are you dating her? Yeah, great. As long as you're not fucking paying through the roof and it's an escort. Um, if you've hustled her out of a not an online dating app or or met her in the day, during the day, or, or at night, whatever it is, you've got to have some value there. So I, I respect it. And each their own. Everyone suits different things, right? Everyone likes different things. But I remember, yeah, getting shitboard of Oxford Street. Um, I was prowling up and down there too much and spent about three years getting good in London, which was good because I gained competency in London. It's As I've said before, it's a brilliant place to learn to do this, right? It's uh, high volume high traffic, lots of variety. Um, it's a brilliant place to learn to, to cold approach. But that being said, it's not a city where you're going to necessarily find a creme de la creme. It's also boring, right? Part of the joy for the last three or four years have been for me actually traveling, right? So been doing this around seven years, spent about three years in London, hardcore, going away, really kind of trips abroad with my friends, but not um, not kind of integrating this into a lifestyle thing. It was very much, I did day game in London. It was a way of, of meeting women. I had my system. I'd get them out on a Sunday to 241 Bermondsey, which was close to my house. I'd line up loads of dates. I'd be living my life in London, and this would be a way of, of kind of meeting women. But um, I hadn't appreciated there was a big wide world out there. And actually now it's it's a no-brainer. Looking back to you know people like Torero, people like Krauser, um, that kind of just fucked off. There was a reason there was kind of a vacuum in the London day game scene. It's because they all realize, okay, the hottest women are not here. Fuck, I can do this abroad. Fuck, this is more fun abroad. So that didn't twig for me for a while, for whatever reason. I was reading, you know, stuff from these guys and, and listening to content and obviously just, just understanding this stuff, but I wasn't 
computing that to, oh, I can fucking travel and have an absolute blast with this. That didn't really register as like that was the obvious thing to do, even though it fucking is now in hindsight. And I couldn't think of anything worse than someone saying to me, you have to stay in this one location. You can only game here. You can only go to this one street, you know, and, and charge up and down there and then go home and complain about the fact you see the same people and you get reactions from girls going, oh, I've been approached half a dozen times, right? So I'm going to do more of these kind of traveling streams because they're fascinating to me because it's how I spent my last three years of my life, just gallivanting around the world. I've been to a shitload of different places, had some cool experiences, had some crazy stories, and it's all from just traveling. So traveling now is just a massive part of my life. It's I do live a fairly nomadic existence. I'm not a minimalist in the sense that um, I want to have a zero money to do this. I think you need money to do it. I like to stay in nice hotels. I don't look to, like to look at food bills. Um, I, you could call me a, a glamping, you know, I'm, I'm the equivalent of a glamper, you know, at Glastonbury, you get the like glamorous, like TP thing set up, um, with a nice bed and blah, blah, blah. It's kind of how I travel, not utter luxury, but also never, never having to worry about, Oh, do I need to get a bed in a 16 man dorm or fuck that? No, I'm always going to get my own apartment. If I should, if I get an Airbnb, or like a nice hotel room, sometimes a hostel, but it'll be a private room and it's purely for the sociable aspect. Um, so we can go into finances and, and that's, that's another one I'll write down actually finances and how much I actually spend when I'm traveling around and stuff. If you guys want to ask that and the questions feel free, but I'll go into a, an elongated, uh, stream about that one day. But anyway, so fast backwards, I was kind of getting like a bit bored. Um, I was like, fuck it, let me do something different. Because I hadn't thought to go traveling with this stuff before. Uh, it just hadn't occurred to me. I don't know why. I, it's a bizarre one thinking back. It's kind of that, black, they call it black swan theory, don't they? Where it's like, you look back and it was inevitable that could have happened. That should have happened or that did happen in hindsight. But at the time, you just it's not obvious. So for whatever reason, I didn't connect the dots. Um, I, yeah, it was bizarre. I, I really don't know why. But anyway, so that's one of the regrets I had is when you, if you are watching this, you're in London or New York or wherever you may be, even if you're in a, a typical place that I might travel to, like Moscow um, or Belgrade or Warsaw, if you're in these places, obviously variety is the spice of life. Grass is always greener. I'd highly encourage you to look wherever you are, wherever you learn this stuff, to look abroad, look overseas, because the most cool, the, the funnest most crazy, most insane, like full-on experiences you're going to have are when you're on the road, when you travel, when you go to other places where you just say, fuck it, whatever. So there was one trip I did, a solo trip uh, on my own. I booked to go to Macedonia of all places, Skopje. I remember flying in. It must have been September or something like that. I put, No, it wasn't. It was in Easter, right? So I fucked this up initially. I thought, oh, let me go somewhere for Easter weekend and flew into this place, Macedonia, Skopje, which it's an interesting place. Actually, I probably would go back. I met some cool people there. The nightlife was fun. Real blend of, of kind of different cultures going on. You've got Albanian influence. You've got the Greek influence. And it's just, it's a fairly fascinating place. But lo and behold, typical lack of planning task. Fail to prepare to pre prepare to fail. I rolled into town. I was like, this is eerily quiet. Spoke to a few people local, and they're like, yeah, of course, Easter weekend. Everyone knows that everyone goes to Lake Balaton. And they apparently they go down to this like lake place a few hours out of Skopje, the capital. Beautiful, serene uh, countryside, luscious green, you know, forests and like massive lake. And everyone's getting fucking hammered and partying and everything's going down there. 
So lo and behold, I'd flown into to Skopje. I was like, oh, okay. Um, well, that's anticlimax number one. So A, it wasn't it wasn't a ghost town, but it wasn't super busy per se. B, it was pissing it down, and it was quite cold weather. C, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, so I put very little planning into it. I was just like, boo, and just picked somewhere random near the centre, but not really knowing what I was doing. So I rolled in, got off the plane, um, got a taxi, was just like, what am I doing here on my own? Because it was quite nerve-wracking, you know? It was... It's not something I'd be, I was, you know, quite reliant on wings at that stage. It's not something that I was doing going out much solo. I was taking, as I say, the situational approaches when I saw them on my own, but I hadn't done a solo trip before. And it was a bit, yeah, it was a bit of a head fuck. It was now I'm all for that. Now, now like one of the pillars I live by is challenge myself. Right. So it wouldn't, I'd, you know, in a heartbeat, if someone's like, go there, go there, go there, I'd go there on my own, just to challenge myself, because that is the key mindset flip, right? When you would constantly flip that mindset and you embrace that change, it's fun. But if you're just like, oh, this is a bit weird, this is a bit scary, I feel like I'm out of my comfort zone because you haven't really flipped to that mindset, then you're a bit like um, a fish out of water. So I remember looking out the window, it was drizzling, it was horrible, it was grey. So like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> you know, what am I actually doing? You have these sometimes when you do day game and you just have these kind of existential wig outs where you're suddenly like, what am I actually doing with my life? I've had it sometimes when I'm running around the street, you know, like a Monday afternoon, chasing girls around. You're just like, what am I actually fucking up to? Right? No bad thing to have it. It's your brain just kind of settling back down or whatever. But yeah, I had that. I looked out the window. I was like, what the fuck am I going doing in Skopje? The last time I saw this was in a in a game called commandos like a strategy war game where the nazis had taken over and had to sneak into like a zoo and like kill the chief nazi that was the only <laughs> only time i'd heard of skopje before so look out the window it's drizzling it's gray i was like okay what am i doing here fuck it all right i'm gonna get out so i walked out the front door like feeling a bit sorry for myself walking down i'm pretty sure like along a main road it looked like graffiti on one side barbed wire on the other just this industrial bit i thought like, what am i doing at that moment a massive lorry comes out drives straight by the pavement and obviously by the pavement when it's like raining you have this like kind of gutter of water right went straight over that massive wheels just all came up on the side drenched me i, I was wearing like a white t-shirt so half covered in mud Looked like a shit Harvey Tudent from Batman, apart from a mud mud base version. It's just a bit like what, what again? What am I up to? Right. So keep kept walking. Um, went past a bus stop, and this girl, you know, I looked down. There's a couple of like old women with like shawls on, but on the end there was one that, but there's something a bit different about her. And just in the moment, I twigged. It's like it's not doesn't sense i don't feel like it's like a grandmother right even though she's wearing kind of this thing on her head and i kind of looked peered over looked past and there's this glowing face big eyes popped out she was hot right so i didn't i was just like fuck the last thing i want to do is approach even though i've come here to approach and you know i'm apparently having a mini midlife crisis <laughs> during my first trip aboard and this must have been four or five years ago, I guess. Not my first ever trip abroad, my first day game trip abroad when I've been doing a bit of day game. Um, so I kept on walking. And you know when you don't approach, right? And you know you should have done and you're on your own. Because I always say, and we'll do a uh, stream on this, which is super important for guys to realize, a true test of your real anxiety levels, approach anxiety levels, are when you're on your own, right? When you're not out to do day game, I was in this circumstance, but I was still shitting myself. But when you're not out to do day game, 
um, you're not thinking about that and you see that hot girl or you're just on your own in a bar because your mates have left you and you see that stunner or whatever the, the situation is, you see that worldie and you're on your own. That's a true test of your approach anxiety levels. Not when you're out with your friend, not when you've got your lucky day game jacket on, you're out with your, your mate and you always go around the same route, right? We all know when you're out with a wing or with other guys, your anxiety drops. Some guys actually, if they big themselves up, done that stupid old school thing of like the instructors from Love System. So I've got nothing against, by the way, but talk about overloading yourself with pressure. They all had names like 10 Magnet, right? Imagine being called 10 Magnet. You roll into a house party with a, with some guy. And they're like, oh man, what's your name? He's like, oh, yeah, um, 10 Magnet. They're like, oh, okay, well, what's that mean? You're like, the guy's like, yeah, I, you know, I track tens. Name's Ted Magnet. It's like, can you imagine the pressure you put on yourself at a house party calling yourself Tad Magnet? All right, yeah. What about what about her? What about, <laughs> fuck that? Um, but some guys, you know, they they do the whole blowing smoke up their own asses routine. I'm so good. I'm so big. Blah, 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 blah. And then they put pressure on themselves, right? And then it's like, oh, what about her? And they can't approach because they big themselves up too much. Far better to hum underplay it. Be like, whatever, the eternal student mindset, I've always got a lot to learn. Again, the guys that I know on a personal level that are the best at anything in life have this eternal, humble student mentality. Kofi, who you always hear me talking about, learns from everyone. doesn't matter if they're super beginner or advanced guy. Another guy called Jerome, who does a bit of coaching on the side. Check out his YouTube channel, Life of Clive. Very cool guy. Same thing. Can learn from everyone, right? These are the guys that really boss it um, because they're humble and they realize that life is just a, a learning process. The guys that get this ego attached, it's nonsense. Absolute fucking nonsense. So some guys, when they're out with with, with other guys, actually feel more performance anxiety um, because they pressure themselves. But most men, when you're out with a wing, obviously your 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 anxiety levels drop because you're having banter. You go, get blown out, get rejected. You come back, have a laugh about it or whatever. You know? But a true test of your approach to anxiety levels is when you're on your own, Right? So just bear that in mind. Next time you guys are, are out on your own and you see that hot girl, how much resistance is there to approach, right? There's always going to be a bit. There's, you're always going to feel that fight or flight response. That is natural. The, if we can just get ourselves over that microsecond of fight or flight, every time you see that hot girl, it's like, do I approach, don't I approach? If you can just train yourself to get over that, just that micro bit, that microchasm there, you, you kill it because once you're in the conversation, you're just like, fuck it, I'm here now. I might as well stay in, right? You never like, it, you, you. some guys go through that stage of delayed approach anxiety where you blow yourself out after 10 seconds because you get flustered or 30 seconds or you're, because you're like, oh, this is going too well. It's almost like a Joan, the Jonah complex, fear of success. You're like, why is this going so well? Why is this fucking worldy accepting my nonsense? Shit, I better sabotage it. Okay, see you later. Yeah, uh, and she's standing there going, what? So there is that element to it. But generally speaking, if we can just get over, you talk about Pareto principle, what's that? 20% that gives you 80% results. One of those things, one of those burn moments is when you see the girl and it's just, can you act? Can you act? Can you act? Right? So true test of that to assess that level is when you're on your own. So anyway, flip back to Macedonia, pissing down with rain. Saw this girl at the bus stop. I see her. I know, I know she's hot, right? But you're just like, oh, and your feet keep carrying you away. And you're just like, no, what are you doing? You've almost got this Jekyll and Hyde thing. Like, got the horny jackal wanting to rip out of your soul and run back. And then you've got the stiff kind of hide being like, no, it's the right decision. I wouldn't touch her with a barge pole, even though you know it's fucking bullshit, right? So, you know, but it's a crazy battle within your fucking psyche in that in that moment. Time slows down. You're like, oh, you can hear your heart pounding like this. 
So I walked about 50 meters away and I was like, fuck this. What am I doing? And I literally physically just had to stop myself. And then I started walking backwards. It must have looked bizarre because I was like almost telling myself, right back you guys. I was just walking backwards, spam back round, march back. Um, I just knew it was going to suck, right? But I went up and I, I, I stood beside her. I did everything wrong technically because I stood over her. We always say when you're dressing someone who's sitting on a bench, crouch down. And everyone at the bus stop obviously heard. I clearly looked like a fucking foreigner. I wasn't dressed for the rain. It was raining. Um, and I was like, do you speak English? She was like, yeah. I was like, oh, and I went quite indirect, actually. I went, oh, I'm just new here. I just, you know, thought you were similar age to me. And she almost looked fur offended because I was clearly older than her. But um, I was like, look, I, I just wanted a recommendation. Would you, you know, could could you help me out? Where, where should I be going out? She's like, yeah, sure. Where are you going now? And I was like, oh. Um, and then just was like, oh, I was going to go and find a coffee because I heard the coffee in Macedonia is good. It's bullshit. I don't know if it is good. It tastes like soil from my recollection. She was like, oh, okay. Well, should I just join you and we can talk about it? I was like, um, but yes, that's a really good idea. Really having to twist my arm on that one. So we just started walking, right? She gets up from the bus stop, blah, blah, blah. And I'm glad I did it because you just never know, right? And it turns out, you know, we we went to the coffee shop. She gave me loads of advice, but she messed up later as well. But it just goes to show uh, what can happen when you when you just force yourself through that moment, right? But from that trip, the good thing about that trip was because I didn't have anyone else there in town with me, like any other guys to rely on or whatever, I, I forced myself to go out. I signed up to a pub crawl, which is quite a stupid thing to do in some way. It's a bit childish, but you know what? You actually meet people, at least they're single. Don't get, don't, if you, if you are going to do that as well, if you are on your own and you want something to rely on, you know, find a local pub crawl, sign up to it by all means. You know, they'll usually meet in like the town square and take you around a few bars. The good thing in that sense is you realize everyone's on their own, right? Everyone's going through the same things because, yeah, you might get like one or two people together, but generally speaking, it's just single people traveling and they want company, right? Because we're built to be sociable. We want connection. So you realize everyone's in the same boat and it's not so scary anymore, but you also meet some cool people. Often you'll meet a couple of guys who won't necessarily know about, you know, day game cold approach, but they're also just looking to meet people, right? So they could be cool guys to hang out with. And that's exactly what happened. I met some really cool guys from different like remits from different countries on this pub crawl. And we started hanging out later and just doing a bit of cold approach. Cause I was like, well, fuck it. That's just, you know, uh, I didn't even tell them what I was up. I was just like, yeah, yeah. You know, you can approach girls when you see them and they're like, yeah, fuck it. And then just jumped and started doing it as well. They didn't even question what it was. <laughs> Typical Aussies. They're always so outgoing, aren't they? Um, but yeah, I think I'm trying to think about what key takeaways would be for yeah solo trip abroad. Keep it short. So I only went for four days. I booked Thursday and I was due to come back Sunday. If it had gone really well, I would have extended the flight. But keep your first trip you ever do short. Keep it sweet. Don't overly press yourself. First day you get there. Um, if you can get there Wednesday, it's even better. Wednesday could be your admin day. So you get into town. You go to your Airbnb. Make sure you've booked it. Obviously, get in touch with me in terms of advice for cities where to book. I've traveled extensively around Europe. I know most of the spots you should be staying to go into um, booking accommodation wise. But if in doubt, yeah, if in doubt, message me. If I haven't been there, I have wing groups or guys who will have been there or who are there who can advise you best. Generally speaking, though, in these kind of, I guess, Balkan areas, you're always looking to stay around the old town. 
Um, Macedonia was no different. Book an Airbnb. Next, you know, any big shopping center is usually a good one as well. High-end shopping centers because with money comes beauty, comes opportunity. So that would be the first thing. Make Wednesday your admin day. Get in. Check into your thing. I usually would sign up to a gym just for the four days on there because I like to start every day with black coffee and just hit the gym. Exercise just makes you feel better. It doesn't matter what fucking country you are, especially, you know, places like Macedonia. I mean, you could get a gym. You could get people pay like two pounds a day or something, right? They don't give a fuck. Um, so that'd be the other thing. And then stock up your Airbnb, buy a bottle of wine, buy a bottle of vodka, whatever you, you need to, if, if you get a girl back, set your place up, you know, unpack your possessions, <laughs> set some music up in the corner, make sure it's everything's like above board. Um, and then get out there and just start. I mean, I, I, I always used to have this kind of conflictory rule out when I got off a plane, I wouldn't, uh, the first day would be more like admin day. I'd be like, okay, look, I know I'm going to feel a bit anxious and weird because you always do, right? I travel a lot to the point where some weeks in the last few years, I've literally been flying into Bogota, a week there, fly to Cartagena, a week there, fly to Rio, a week there, fly to Sao Paulo, a week there. So I'm not even settling, right? I'm not even getting to that vibe of settling. But even though I'm in that mindset of jumping a bit of, around like a kind of a horny kangaroo, um, I'm still... Um, gonna know I feel anxious, right? The first day I get there, it's just kind of anxiety. It's like it's just natural, right? New sounds, new sights, new smells, different language. Um, weather's different. Everything, every sense you can get, every kind of sensation, taste, smell, sight is different, right? That stimulates your body. It's not you being a pussy, bro. It's just natural, right? You're a human being. You're made up of chemical reactions in your brain, so it's overwhelming the senses. So just accept the first day is usually you're a bit anxious, you're a bit out of sorts. I always feel that way, and I've been doing this for a long time now, but it doesn't matter. I just accept that's the way I'm going to feel. And consciously aware of stuff, being consciously aware of all this stuff in life makes it easy just to accept it and be like, okay, well, I know from past experience I'm always going to feel that way. That's okay. So don't put any pressure on myself for, for the approaching. But what I try and do counter to that is I'm like, well, look, if I do see an opportunity, I'm going to go for it. And often what I like to do is kind of eye up if there's anyone on the plane, the same plane as me going to the location. And then as soon as I'm off the plane, it's like, fuck it, let's just do the first one. And I'll always do it more indirect. I'll be like, hey, you know, I noticed you on the, saw on the flight. I'm just just wondering what was the deal here? Have you been here before? Or just, just get a vibe for them, right? And you can tell straight away when you go up and start speaking to them where they're going to be kind of open to this conversation, whether they're quite dismissive. Maybe they're meeting a boyfriend, maybe they're just not interested, whatever. But you don't don't put pressure on yourself to necessarily go super direct the first few. It's more about kind of doing what I call the lost tourist, which is like, hey, want to say hi? You know, I'm, I'm not from here, obviously. Uh, you look like you know what you're doing. Any recommendations for, you know, cool restaurants or bars or whatever? And you can do a lot of approaches like that, right? It's better, I believe, still, if you see someone you really like, just to fucking put it on the line and, sh and show, show what you're up to there because it can still get wishy-washy. But that lost tourist thing is something you can still put in, even if you go upright. And we're talking about the subsequent days on your trip. Later, if you're on your own and you're feeling a bit, you know, kind of, yeah, you're just finding it harder to approach a bit. You can have that lost tourist thing in the back of your repertoire. So what I'd often do is go up and say, hey, thought you looked good. Wanted to say hi um, from London. Nice to meet you, whatever. And then go into the lost tourist thing. Hey, I, I, you know, I know that the coffee's really good here, that the wine's really good, but you know, where'd you go? Are you from here? You know, almost make it a bit more inquisitive 
So I call it the Lost Taurus stack, which is basically, well, I don't, I just call it Lost Taurus routine, which is just kind of, yeah, just, just finding information about the place, right? But you're doing it on the premise of your opening direct. You're saying, hey, I want it to come say hi, or hey, you caught my attention, you look good, I noticed X, Y, Z. Anyway, and then you're going into Lost Taurus thing. So you're still having that conversation on the premise that she knows that you find her attractive, right? So that is still better than just going up and asking like random shit. So if you're going to do that, you can do like a hybrid vote and do something like that. It takes the pressure off a bit because you are genu genuinely inquisitive. You are being outgoing. You're trying to find stuff. Something I'd also recommend to do is build a Google Maps of places you want to visit. So really, Dave was the first, what my mate Dave, co-author of the texting book, who uh, is trapped in Australia in, in paradise. What a shame for him. He was the one that first came up with this idea, and it's brilliant because he did it with Bell Gray back in not the first person in planet earth but he did it he was the first one i knew to have done it with a place and showed show me how it works but he basically went spell grade and there's loads of shit he wanted to see right and i i agree i think seeing that cultural side of stuff seeing uh, trying the local food doing some other shit going to some cool bars it's all part of a good day game trip it's not just walk around the street and then just do nothing else right it's, it's blend it together with some other cool shit so he built a map on Google Maps where he included like one like cool coffee shop he wanted to check out, uh, one really high end shopping center where he can, can present like think about maybe buying some clothes to take the pressure off because he's on his own. Um, some really cool bars, a really cool like place to eat lunch, some cool restaurants. And he had a uh, two or three days there, and each day he'd do a different Google map that he'd built, right? So he'd start off, he'd hit the gym or whatever, he'd walk out his front door, he'd go to like cafe number one. He'd go to like some cool like cultural thing, like an artifact or a museum or a place of interest, like a cool bridge or something like that. And then he'd wander through, he'd time it so he's wandering through like the busy working, like commercial area, where either between lunchtime, 12 till 2.30, or say four till six. And then it'd end up in like a bar or a restaurant. And the way of doing this, you build a fucking cool map. So you A, see the city, B, it takes the pressure off with you just kind of wandering around being like, I've got to do day game now, bro. God, that's intense. And see, it's just fucking fun. You really find out about the place. And I've done that before as well in different cities. And what you find is you, you see a girl on the way doing your kind of route, which is two or three hours, whatever it may be. And you get chatting. And then you're like, because you're on your route, right? You're on your kind of little mini hero's journey. And you're thinking, uh, I'm just doing this. And if I happen to see a girl, I'm going to say hello. And then you end up seeing a girl and you say hello. And they're like, oh, what are you up to? And you kind of explain what you're doing. You built this little thing and you're just kind of seeing the city. And that's super cool. Some of them tourists, they come and join you for a few minutes just walking around. Or you take a break and go for an instant date. Or you exchange a number and figure out to meet her later. Something like that. Some are people that live in the city. They find it fascinating. And they're like, what, why don't you check out XYZ? And you can add that to your little list of like the map to build. So there's lots of different options there, but those are the main tips. Keep it short for your first day game trip abroad. Consciously challenge yourself. So go somewhere where you know you're going to find the girls hot and go there with the idea that you're just going to push yourself, push your comfort zone, accept that you're going to feel a bit out of sorts and anxious at the time, but fuck it, you're going to do it anyway. See, research the areas in advance or get in touch with me so I can tell you where you should be staying in terms of good day game areas and kind of where the nightlife and blah, blah, blah is uh, and build yourself a little map of like cool things to see and like cool place you actually want to visit. Because the ideal scenario, right, from a trip, in my mind, is you come home, you've met a couple of cool girls, maybe gone on some dates, like had a really cool time with them. 
like seen a bit of the city with them, maybe gone to a cool restaurant or gone to a cool bar with them. But also you've seen the city. You've drunk some horrible local shop. You've drunk some overly intense strong coffee. You've gone to see some like bizarre kind of gothic architecture thing. You've gone to like a really cool dive bar or like really hidden like speakeasy bar. Um, you've done like some weird activity they've got there, right? I don't know. Like it, it's about the overarching experience, right? That holistic experience as much as anything. That's what a good trip for me represents, or that's what it did, or that's what it should do, in my mind, for you guys to get real kind of overall overarching enjoyment from all this stuff. Let's see if there's any questions on any of this. God, there's a lot of comments. I hope they're not all complete nonsense. Good morning, good afternoon. It is um, 11.56 here in the UK. I found Germany a tough place, Teutonic culture. <laughs> But Czech Republic was an amazing country. Jay game and beautiful women. Yes, I agree with you. I think Germany is quite hard. The one exception is Berlin is quite hipster and quite liberal. Hamburg also very chilled, very liberal for Germany. Uh, so I recommend Hamburg as a city. Also hot girls. And obviously, if you go during a big event like uh, like Oktoberfest, it's a bit more open, right? But yeah, I agree. Germany is not the easiest place. Don't get me wrong. There's some hot. There's some hot girls. As is Romania, there's some hot girls. As is Denmark, there's some hot girls. But they, those three are not the easiest in my experiences today, game. Thank you, Mr. Rolf. Love you, Tusk. Absolutely cleaning it with these streams. Morning, Lord Tusk from Don Paddy. What countries do you find best to travel apart from Brazil, Colombia, Mexico, etc.? Man, it really depends on your preference of like environment, girls. I mean, the, the world is a big old place. You, you have to be more specific with your criteria. Trouble, good morning, my man, James. Good morning to you, too. Hey, James, what the signs to watch for if the girl wants to instant date on a first approach? Um, I mean, just hanging around is an obvious one. But you shouldn't be relying on, like, looking for her to see. If she's standing there in front of you, having a conversation with you on the basis that you've told her she looks good or you want to meet her, she's interested. So assume um, that that is the marker of interest. And just if you if you want to go on an instant date with her after five, seven minutes, you push for Oscar. Hostel is pretty good in countries like Turkey where day games harder, but don't be like that 40 year old in a hostel, not a good look. <laughs> be that 34 year old like me in a hostel. In Brazil, the hostel culture is different as well. So you get a lot of people going there. Um, it's a bit different, but I know what you mean. Financial estimate, James. Um, I probably spend how much do I spend a month traveling? I don't know off the top of my head. I'll have to calculate it. But I don't look at receipts and bills. I do what I want. Um, it really varies. It really varies. Because some countries are so much cheaper than others for accommodation. Some are more expensive. Even within Mexico City, where I originally started staying in Condesa, it was a lot cheaper. Then I moved to a place called Palanco. And it was expensive, right? But not to the point where I'm like, fuck this. So... I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to basically scroll back through my bank balances, and we'll do it for another stream, and I'll give you a rough estimate of what I spend on like food, drink, accommodation, booze, flights, all this stuff. Um, my guess would be, if you can budget four k a month, you're pretty comfortable. So, if, yeah, that's quite a lot actually, isn't it? Sixty k a year. Yeah, that's quite a lot. But again, you know, if you can do it, you can do it. It's not the thing is it's all perspective, isn't it? It depends how much you earn. Um, you can definitely do it for cheaper than that, but I don't really look. I never. I'm, I'm quite bad with finance in the sense that I just don't 
give a fuck. I prefer to just spend my money on experiences and have fun. Um, my alcohol bill tends to be high as well. What else we got? Hello, have you ever had a what the fuck am I doing moment to ask like in a hotel room or small veggies chasing country cunt? Um, very eloquently phrased that one. Hello. Yeah, I have. You do get what the fuck moments to what you're up to, right? Especially when normal, like mainstream people who don't kind of know about this stuff. Mainstream's the wrong word, but say people that don't understand about, oh, there's loads of hot girls in, say, Ukraine or Siberia or um, Serbia. They're like, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going there for the weekend, then going there, then going there. They're like, what? Why are you going there? Why the fuck are you going to Zagreb? Why the fuck are you going to Belgrade? Why the fuck are you going to Moscow? You don't speak Russian. What have you got friends there? They don't really get it. Um, so they have what the fuck moments more than me. But yeah, of course, sometimes you get this kind of existential dread of like, what the fuck am I doing? You've just been blown out three times in a row. It's pissing it with rain. It's like a dark Monday somewhere in Eastern Europe or some backwater place in Brazil that's quite dangerous or Colombia. And you're like, what am I fucking doing? <laughs> of course, right? We're going to question everything we do. What is this day game? It's the opposite of this night game. My favorite Afghani farmer, Bazde Hassan Sabah. Welcome to the party. Hotels and Airbnbs can be expensive, so you can sometimes go back to the girl's house. Yes, but that's doing the danger bang thing of basically booking no accommodation and then just hoping you put you pull a girl and then you have accommodation, which is not really feasible if you're traveling in a foreign country because what are you doing with your stuff initially right your suitcase or whatever what's the easiest countries in eastern europe for your date game in your opinion okay this is an interesting one so where are girls most promiscuous where can you do real damage um i'd say belarus man i'd say belarus like people just assume belarus is hard because it's like a smaller version of russia and there seems to be this stereotype that you have to go on four or five dates with women in Russia to get laid, which is just fucking nonsense. I don't know who came up with that. Um, women are more traditional there into the dating stuff, and they'll push you more towards that model. But it absolutely is not true that you have to fall through with that, um, follow through with that, and you can't get results like the same day or the same night. It's nonsense, right? Minsk, in my opinion, is actually pretty... I know maybe it's overrun now because you've got lots of guys there. But when I was there a few years ago, it was a great place. It was the women are super open. They're more friendly than Russia. Um, they're open to, they, they really want to practice English. Um, Belarus, Belarus as a whole has relaxed. Let me just grab some coffee. Belarus as a whole has relaxed a couple of years ago. It's um, restrictions. So you could just walk in 30 days, no visa as a catalyst to actually increase tourism. They wanted to increase tourism, right? So you've got an influx of people coming in. Um, but the women are pretty open, you know, to meeting foreign guys. They, they like meeting foreign guys. Um, the one drawback is it's quite small. I think it's around 2 million people. But in terms of day gaming areas, it is quite limited. There's a couple of shopping centers. There's not much going on. Um, so that, I mean, but that's a safe pair of hands, honestly, Minsk, in my experience paid, you can, you can do pretty, pretty well over there. Uh, where else? Ukraine as well. Again, it's overrun with guys kind of doing this stuff, but a lot of them don't know what they're doing. And 
Ukrainians tend to be a bit friendlier than Russians, in my experience. Overall, their culture is slightly less um, suspicious. There's still like there's still that element of East meets West, right? But in my experience, Ukraine, you know, it's a pretty good bet. It's a pretty good bet. Again, women are not easy per se, but if you know what you're doing, uh, you can do some damage. Um, but anywhere in Eastern Europe, again, if you if you if you if you know what you're doing, you can do well anywhere. So I don't think there's any kind of easier places per se. I mean, if you had to push me for what is easier, I'd, in my experience, Belarus is easier than, say, Russia. Um, I'm interested to go. I'm going to, to Tbilisi at the end of this month, June. So I'll be fascinated to see what that's like. I've heard very mixed things. No one's really given me much information about it, which I like. Because I'm like, okay, let's just figure this out for myself and see what's up. <laughs> Will you be visiting Barcelona this summer? Also, have you done day game in Colombia? If so, yes. Where did you? There's too many questions there, Sam. Yes, I spent a lot of time in Colombia. Get in touch. Infertjamestus.com if you want to discuss. Um, and I can give you lots of information on Colombia. But I've spent well gone there every year for the last five years. Um, what else? Bro, you have to learn Russians talk to local women. They don't speak English at all. I disagree completely. I've spent time in Moscow and St. Petersburg. It's not true. You can do damage without speaking Russian. What else we got here? I actually know Ten Magnet. He's no longer a coach. He did give me some advice. Well, he probably... Ten Magnet, if you ever watch this, man, talk about picking yourself a pressured name. Like, respect to you, and I'm sure you were very good at what you did, you know, but fucking hell, talk about talk about pressure. Hey, nice to meet you. I'm Tim Magnet. Hey, nice to meet you. So what do you do for a living? Well, I pull tens, mate, yeah. I don't know why he's got, like, a, a Cockney accent. He obviously does that. Like, he's American, probably, almost certainly. <laughs> did you ever meet up with Yad? I mean, I did work with him a long time ago, but no, I haven't seen him in, like, seven seven years. What else we got here? Any other advice? When do you come to Moscow in Kiev? I go to Moscow in July. The whole of July I'll be there. Get in touch if you'd like coaching. What else? What else? What else? Any other? Moritz. James, I went day gaming after your live stream yesterday and reading the article you sent. I had, the in I had an instant date on second approach. You're a legend. Nice work, man. Very, very cool. Hey, task last time I told you on the live stream, I've slept with four new girls in the last month. Since then, it's gone up to eight. Thank you again for going through the process on 18. Well done, Joey. Killing it, man. Really impressive stuff. Um, task, is there any routines or activities you do in a new country to keep yourself busy? Or do you play day game as soon as you touch down? Nothing else. No, absolutely not. And to be honest, like you, you're watching this stuff, right? Is this purely day game? No, I work really hard on all this stuff, right? I'm always putting out content, planning content, recording shit, um, you know, helping guys a lot of the time on the phone, right? Selling, you know, they're either doing the approach accelerator or we're figuring out, you know, what they need to do in terms of meeting me or one of the other guys for live training. Um, I'm learning Portuguese. I've started learning Russian. Um, I have a couple of side businesses I do. Uh, obviously hit the gym. 
um, obviously going out and, and meeting people as well myself and coaching students if they're in the city, right? So I work harder now than I ever used to. So no, it's not just turn up to a city and day game and do nothing else. I find that boring actually. There's a, there's a, there's always a balance with all this stuff in life, and it can get too much. Task, how did learn speak learn speak Spanish very good? Well, he just practiced, man. I mean, he's been in Mexico and Colombia, right? So he's practicing Spanish. He actively wanted to get good of it. It's that simple. His Spanish is good. I wouldn't say it was excellent, but it's purely from actually just bothering to practice speaking Spanish, like 10, 15 minutes a day. It's not rocket science. It just just requires you doing it. Use an app called Italki. Um, you've asked this question a few times, and I'd say just go and do something about it if it appeals to you instead of asking about it. It's not hard. If you really want something, you can go and do it, right? It's not. It's a level one language. It's the easy, the easiest language you can learn. So go and do it. How did you learn Portuguese? Same thing. Just, just mucking around with Duolingo for, for 10, 15 minutes a day, every fucking day showing up. And then once or twice a week doing an, a, a one-hour Zoom call conversation with a native speaker on italki. That's it. It's not rocket science, right? Cheers, guys. It's been a pleasure.